and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our special guest is Thomas Lorinovichus, lifestyle entrepreneur and famous blogger, and today we're going to talk about creative habits and routines. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. The all-new FreshBooks makes ridiculously easy accounting software that's completely transformed how freelancers and small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. The most important thing is that getting started on FreshBooks is extremely simple, even if you're not numbers person. Actually, especially if you're not numbers person. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to our listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash UI breakfast and enter UI breakfast in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, Thomas. Hi, Jane. Thank you so much for having me today. We are thrilled to have you as a guest. We're going to start with a Blitz questionnaire. And question number one, uh, without further ado, is what do you do for a living? It's, it's probably one of the most often asked questions and most of the time I have no answer for this but <laughs> recently I introduced to people I'm just a blogger I just I just blog for for money I blog for my lifestyle but uh, my formal kind of line opening line is I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur and blogger and most of the time I cover entrepreneurship lifestyle design uh, habits routines and also I talk a lot about blogging and how can people start uh, kind of creating a side hustle that could turn into their uh, meaningful, purpose-driven uh, lifestyle. You have that wonderful mission of uh, t- transforming the lives of uh, of that many people. Uh, can you please tell us more about it? <laughs> My current mission is to is to empower one million people to change their lifestyle for good. There we go. <laughs> so for good, that would be you know improve their health, improve their uh, financial intelligence. Uh, give them alternative uh, alternative ways to to educate themselves or earn a living or uh, improve in the relationships, improve in, in their professional lives and network with people and so on. So it's it's not very uh, specific what I want to do with them, but I want to really provide them tools, knowledge, and most of the time I'm experimenting myself with many things and just trying to document the journey instead of just saying do this, do that. I think these these would be good ideas. So I, I like to test everything myself and then, uh, and then find the best way to document everything and make it in a, into action, actionable knowledge kind of thing, I'm, material. <laughs> I've been really enjoying your latest updates because you're so honest about your, your stuff and how you're putting it out. <laughs> uh, how did you get there? And I'm particularly interested in your story because you've been previously very famous for your Despreneur magazine. So tell us a bit more about that. I wouldn't say I was very famous, but yeah, like <laughs> a couple of people knew it, and uh, and uh, yeah, it it really gave me a lot of a lot of opportunities, especially with uh, with my current uh, uh, with my current work. So I, I publish on a lot of publications and. Uh, Despreneur was giving me a lot of credibility and kind of entered the way uh, to to publications like Forbes, Huffington Post, The Next Web, and uh, Despreneur was uh, was I think was my favorite baby, and I, I had it <laughs> for three years. But uh, but last year, just a year ago, 
I, I decided to step down because I was not really feeling that it's uh, it's moving forward with me being as the as the main man uh, behind the name and being the CEO and controlling everything because I felt that after traveling for for three years I I kind of fell in love with self development and and fell in love with the experimenting with different things and design wasn't the main passion for me anymore so I thought I'm I'm really like killing myself and the project so I decided uh, I think the the hardest way was to tell the team because uh, there was a co-founder from Latvia and then uh, there was a partner in London, UK, and then we had uh, a team of writers, editors, marketers all around the world. So, so it was for me really hard to kind of admit uh, the fact that it's not moving forward anymore because of uh, basically me, because I kind of lost interest in it. And, uh, and yeah, I decided to sell it. And it was very important for me to, to sell it to someone who would, uh, who would take the potential to the next level because I was uh, just starting the academy uh, the the deals, web, uh, the like designer deals. Then uh, there was a podcast, and the community was growing very well. It was self sustainable, but uh, but I knew it was it was the the right decision. I, I actually took a piece of paper and I I asked some questions myself. And at that <laughs> time, I was in Thailand, and the very first question was by uh, inspired by Derek Severs: Is it hell yes or no? And just this question answered everything. So I, I, I kind of knew that it's, it's not hell yes, so it's automatically no. So I had to, uh, to kind of prepare the, the project to, well, in a way, look nicer for selling. And then, uh, then it took around a month to find potential buyers. And I think I under, under, undersell it. And I'm not really uh, able to disclose the, the, fig- the figures, but it was uh, five figures. So... So yeah, it's uh, it's it's not really growing as I would like it to see, but uh, it's the past, it's in the past for me. So yeah. Oh well, it's at least you found some good hands for it. Uh, tell us a bit more, uh, just a bit more about your background before Despreneur. Uh, where do you come from? Where does your design skills set uh, come from? Yeah, it's it started in a very little village in uh, Lithuania. <laughs> You know, it, it was winter and it was cold, and I I just had my my first computer. I have two little brothers, so I had to, I had to compete with them. You know, like my my parents wouldn't let us to play all all night, all day long. We had to to go to school, and uh, we would have maybe one one and a half hour a day each. And after getting the computer, I I was obviously playing games, and I didn't really feel like they were fulfilling me anymore. And I was looking for ways to to kind of like make money online, and I I started learning about all the ways that people you know make money online, and uh, I I was reading a local business uh, forum here in Lithuania, and then I came across all of these designers, and I found that there are uh, people who need websites or banners or business cards or whatever, and there are these designers like like freelancers offering their services. And I thought this is interesting. Like I would, I would like to try something like that, but I have no idea how to create anything. And then I came across all the Photoshop things, all the tutorials, and I was obsessed. I went to YouTube. I, I opened Photoshop. It felt like another world. I, I couldn't even like open uh, or, or use like pen tool or whatever. I, I was master of paint at that time, but I, I couldn't use Photoshop at all. So uh, at the beginning, it was kind of discouraging, but I was really driven to learn Photoshop. So I, I started uh, following different uh, YouTube uh, tutorials 
and uh, and reading uh, different blogs. And I started to start a blog as well. So <laughs> it was very <laughs> funny. I, I I didn't I didn't even know uh, anything about design, but I thought, okay, I'm just gonna create a blog and I'm gonna blog about how I'm learning design. So I'm gonna share where I'm finding all these tutorials to follow. Uh, how I'm learning about web design, where I'm uh, where I'm going to look for brushes or uh, what what else did they have? At that time, it was very popular to use all of these shapes and patterns in Photoshop. So all of these different resources, and and I started like learning Photoshop and and blogging at the same time. And uh, I think in less than a week, I got my first client. I had to uh, to do a, a kind of like animated banner for probably five dollars or something. And I was so thrilled to to get that job, and uh, and I, I got it. And at that time, I didn't really know how to how to make animations in Photoshop. I think it was CS one or CS two Photoshop. So I think they they already had the the timeline that you could uh, animate mm-hmm. uh, animate basically your your layers. And uh, I figured out how to do it. I was I was so proud of myself, and the client loved it. And I'm like, holy shit, this is happening! Like I'm I'm making money. <laughs> So, so at that time I was 16, and I obviously I didn't have any bank account. PayPal is, uh, uh, I think, you can sign up for PayPal when you are 18 or something, 18 plus. And I, I didn't know how to get my money from this guy, and he's like, "Send me a bank account." Oh my, wow, what am what I'm doing now? And then I go to my mom, mom, listen, I just started my business. I need your bank account. Someone is sending me money. She's like, "What? Like, someone, <laughs> someone is scamming you? Like, seriously?" And this is like 10 years ago, 2007. And I told her, no, 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 this, this is going to work out. They cannot steal your money anyway. You just give your, your bank account, they're going to send you the money. And, uh, and I, was a good, I was a good kid, you know. I was, uh, I was having good, good grades in school, so she trusted me. And, uh, and we didn't use the internet banking that time. So she had to wait for two, three days, then go to the ATM and check the, check the balance. And every single day I would ask, is it there? Is money there? Is my is my payment there? <laughs> <laughs> and then one day she comes back and she's like, "Yeah, five dollars. There, there is five more. Like it wasn't there before. So probably it's yours." And uh, I think that confirmed that, yeah, I I'm I'm gonna choose my own way. I'm gonna uh, like invest my time in learning design, and I'm gonna make it not just a hobby, but uh, but kind of like my career because I really love the idea of creating something from nothing. And at the same time, actually providing value for people. So it was a lot of many things that resonated very much uh, with my own values. And and my mom also, I think uh, since then, she was just supporting me because she saw, okay, this is something I have no idea how it works, but he he gets it, I should support him. So she, she never questioned my uh, my career decisions or my lifestyle decisions. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> Awesome. These days, 10 years later, what does your typical day look like? It's, it starts pretty much the same every day, but what I'm doing throughout the day, it's, it's very, very different. Because right now, I, I have three main goals for this year. I, I need to finish the book. Uh, I'm growing my platform, which is my blog, to 100k uh, visitors a month. And then I want to grow my email list to 18,000 subscribers. So these are the main things I need to do for, for my own platform, for my own lifestyle business. 
But on the side, I also have a contract with Forbes, and I also uh, I'm a partner at the content marketing agency where I help people with uh, content strategy, execution, promotion, and and kind of like you know connecting them with uh, with uh, relevant news sources or whatever. So so that's my my kind of like professional money making side, and then on the on the lifestyle design uh, side, I do blog posts uh, for my own blog i connect with people like podcasts just like now and uh, and i do a lot of uh, a lot of research for my book as well so every morning i have uh, the same routine i wake up at five i i go and drink uh, a glass or two water then i stretch for five to ten minutes so just very basic stretch you know just to get my kind of blood flowing and uh, and wake up and and after that i would meditate for ten minutes before I was using Headspace and Calm App, but uh, I've been meditating for around three years now. So I just use a timer and that's it. And mm-hmm. uh, and most of the time I just focus on my breath and that's it. So uh, if I if I if I lose my my attention from my breath, I just come back to my breath and just keep uh, keep uh, keep counting. Uh, after after meditation, I would have uh, my breakfast, but that highly depends again. So right now I'm experimenting with keto diet. So. Uh, sometimes I would just fast until 11, 12 and I would have just lunch. So skipping breakfast and extend this, you know, fasting uh, regime. But uh, sometimes I would have breakfast uh, that would include eggs, bacon or some uh, muesli with yogurt or, or milk and, and some fruits. Uh, after eating, so I have like, it's very, very clear uh, kind of like list of, of things I do every morning. And most of the time, they just go one after another. So after eating, I would go and I would get a little lazy. So I would uh, I would take my phone. I read on my phone. So I would take my phone and open Kindle or Script or iBooks. Uh, depends on 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 which one I'm reading. And uh, I would I would read for like an hour. And when I'm reading, I'm also highlighting words that I don't know in English uh, for for later uh, that I can translate and learn. And then I'm also highlighting ideas and and thoughts that I want to share in my uh, in my blog but also it's like for for myself for future reference and uh, and I read before writing because it kind of activates my brain activates my my idea generation muscles or whatever so after that one hour I would feel like oh I have so many ideas and I can connect some some <laughs> things that already I'm going to steal some of these ideas just you know like I think this is not the way this is the way it should be and then I would go and write for one hour so uh, so right now, I, I also joined the book uh, writing mastermind, and uh, my goal for the next two weeks is to write at least ten thousand words. So I try to uh, to target one thousand words every single day. So it's just ten days, and I have two weeks. Uh, I should I should I should I should achieve that that goal. I think easily. So after that, uh, writing stuff after one hour or one hour, a little bit, ten minutes plus. I don't know. Sometimes it's different. And, uh, and then I would do my five-minute uh, journal. So I really prefer like writing physical journaling, but I don't have the the, the journal yet. I just ordered it actually today. But before that, I was just using the the five-minute journal app. So I would uh, I would write three things that I'm grateful for, and uh, some of these things actually come from reading. So I would read about something really challenging or something that. It's not that comfortable. For example, for my in my life, let's say I'm I'm trying to uh, to help the the content agency to land three clients, and all of these clients they 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 were not interested in our services, and we waste a lot of time, and so on and so on. So this is the thing to be grateful for me because I have all of these good problems. I think 
uh, instead of, you know, having problems that I have no control at all, uh, like being in a war or in a prison or whatever, just being somewhere where I don't really have control to change anything. Where here I have full control to prepare, to pitch more clients, to put in more work, to connect with more people. And then I think my my kind of input, um, my, let's say the results, the outcomes are highly dependent on my input. So I can invest more time and I'm really grateful for these problems. And I think uh, it really helps me to, to get grounded for the day because it's, it's so easy to get uh, uh, comfortable with my life. And I think... Uh, once you earn enough, once you once you have uh, enough work to do, and once you have good relationships, uh, a good family, it's very easy to get stuck at that good level and and not to pursue the great level. So so I try to to really get grounded for for the day with that uh, five minute journal app, and after that I would I would go to the gym and then exercise for uh, 40, 50, one hour, 40, 50 minutes, one hour, something like that. And after that, it's uh, it's very dynamic day. So sometimes I would have uh, to do interviews with uh, with some designers, entrepreneurs, tech founders, whatever. Sometimes I have meetings, especially right now when I'm back in Lithuania. I have some friends and 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 some some uh, some business partners that I never met. So we would do a business lunch, or I would just meet and chat with some some people that uh, I didn't meet for a long time. Wonderful. So you are, it's it's so great to see that yourself being a productivity guru have such a strict productivity regimen in your own day. And that's very inspiring to hear. <laughs> Thank you. It, it took a lot of time to develop it, but uh, but it's really working like magic. I love it. We're going to back uh, go back to the specific elements uh, in a couple questions uh, when we go back to the topic. But for now, what do you enjoy the most and the least about your work? Oh wow, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I really like structure and I really like having a plan. And my work can be in a way predicted, but most of the time I plan just for like 2-3 hours of of really focused work every day because there are so many things that that come uh uh from the past. Let's say I send an email to someone, uh, let's connect uh, for an hour or something, and let's say it's it's very influential or busy person, and and that would really change or adjust my day plans. So I never have full day planned because I know that there is going to be something that I I have no control of. So let's say being a partner at the agency, they say, "Sorry, Thomas, like this is not how we like to work, but today we really need this, you know, like keyword research with uh, uh, with overall brand strategy and." Uh, it would take me just one hour to do, but still, like mentally, I'll be involved in it uh, before that and and after that. So so it's really taking a lot of my energy. And uh, if I plan just for two three hours uh, of really productive, focused work every day, and I achieve it, it's a really good day for me because otherwise, I I cannot really uh, predict what is going to happen. So there there are emails coming and so on and so on. And also, I think your productivity or let's say productivity, energy levels are not the same every single day. So even if you think like, oh, today was such a good day, especially on Mondays, if I'm rested after the weekend, I'm so productive, so focused. And uh, and let's say I put in six, eight hours of really high quality work. And then I, I kind of feel like, oh, t- tomorrow I'm going to do as much as today. And then Tuesday is just like, I don't feel like doing anything. So I have <laughs> a list of low energy tasks and I try to 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 do them when I'm, when I'm without 
when I'm, when I don't really feel like working. So so whether it's uh, updating my social profiles, uh, whether it's uh, sending that email for for long forgotten friend or for uh, paying the bills uh, or doing something that doesn't really involve that much of mental energy for me. And, uh, and I try to batch all of these similar tasks. So if it's, uh, if it's sending uh, emails to influencers or uh, f- podcast requests or reaching out to, to, uh, to people for, to, to interview them for my blog or whatever, or connecting with people who would like to work on a collaboration. So these things, they take a lot of time when you, when you, do, when you do them just once a day or twice a day. But once you batch them, I think you can really... Uh, get a lot of work done and you can just focus on, okay, I'm just going to write 15 emails now, I'm going to send it and it's done. And then you don't have to come back to that. So I think uh, this is very, uh, for me, like you said, the the part that I like. So I really like the structure, but at the same time, if I have too much structure and I know that, you know, this is what I'm going to do next, this is what I'm going to do next, it kind of gets boring. And uh, I think uh, too much structure, it's... uh, it's 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 too boring because in the long term you just know what's going to happen and there's no uncertainty and in a way it's not really challenging anymore but uh, as i mentioned before my work in, in, in includes a lot of uncertainty from emails from external sources so then i need to adjust then i need to kind of like replan everything and i think this dynamic gives me more uh uh more kind of motivation to uh, to get to get adapted and, and get it done. So I think these are the things, <laughs> the the certainty and planning. These are the things that I like the most. But I like I, I kind of don't like it if it's too much. So it's both the same for the most and for the least. Oh, very interesting dualism sort of thing. <laughs> what is your next big thing? Could I say that it's the book that you're working on? Yeah, I think so. For, I, I was working like subconsciously, like collecting all of the notes and, and trying experimenting things with myself and actually talking with people for the last three years. So I traveled a lot. I was I was living in Europe. I was living in Southeast Asia. I was living in in US and and came back all the way to Europe and then kind of did the same circle again. And and then when I when when I realized that Despreneur is not going to be my future anymore, I thought, yeah, this book is really. It's 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 really kind of coming itself naturally. So the events around uh, around uh, my life were just kind of aligning to to make the book happen. And and last year, actually, a uh, literary agent from New York reached out and he offered his services to uh, to to work on a book and uh, and represent me and uh, and kind of like help me find publishers. And that was uh, I think that was the sign. So I I thought yeah, let's do it. Why not? But unfortunately, I fired him two months ago because the, <laughs> <laughs> the process was taking too long. And uh, he's a cool guy, and uh, and uh, they're just like a very traditional publishing com- not publishing literary literacy or literal agency, whatever it's called. Uh, so very cool guys. They have a lot of uh, success with their business. For I don't know, they've been in business for like twenty plus years. They have some bestsellers in their portfolio. But the the thing is that uh, the process was taking too long. I'm I'm more like a a guy that you know can we can solve everything in in a week, and uh, their one email, one feedback, kind of round would take over one month. So I I couldn't wait. Oh, yeah. are you serious? One yeah. month? <laughs> yeah. So, so in in these like ten months or so, we exchanged probably seven emails or something, <laughs> and uh, and I thought this is just not 
you know, it's not working. I, I don't feel it's, it's right. And uh, I really wanted to go with traditional publishers because of the distribution. So my mission is to empower 1 million people. I thought if this big publisher takes, uh, takes the book, they basically buy the rights to the book, they're interested in spreading it all over the world, right? So I thought even if I don't make a cent on, on the book, my mission is going to be completed and then I can find another mission. But uh, yeah, it, it didn't turn out that well. So so right now I'm just going to go uh, self-publishing path. So before I self-published uh, with uh, with Paula, uh, the mobile design book, and uh, we did a horrible mistake that we focused on uh, on time-sensitive topics. So we focused on, I think the book was based on iOS 7 or iOS 8 or whatever. So it's outdated a long time ago. But uh, we didn't really make made it into... A huge commercial life business uh, idea project or whatever. So, so it was a good uh, learning experience, and now I'm gonna use everything I learned for the for the upcoming book, and it's uh, it's probably go- going to be about habits of success. But uh, I'm still not sure about the title. But this is the draft title I was talking about for everyone for the last year. Sounds amazing. So going back to our main topic, which is productivity, we already tackled that a bit (laughs) while observing your daily habits. You have been interviewing pretty famous people and learning from them. Uh, For example, I don't know, Jason Zook, Paul Jarvis, a few others. Can you give us like a brief recap of what you learned from these interviews? What and what takeaways did you find particularly useful? I I was I was doing it for a little bit like selfish reasons. I wanted to kind uh-huh. of I, want, I wanted to to really like get into their minds and understand how these cool people are are running their lives and like how they are investing in their in their future, how they're learning things, what they're eating and like I'm just curious what books they're re- reading and so on and and I think most of the interviews that you, that you read with them uh it would be very focused on a specific topic like you know design or marketing or from more like professional side. And in these interview series I really wanted to to get deeper and uh deeper to the to the root of of uh how they operate. So instead of asking like okay, so how do you send your email? I would ask like, what is email for you and like why you are doing it and and, and, and then try to understand what is the, 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 core, uh, the core meaning of their kind of communication strategy or like how they communicate. And I think once you get to the very fundamentals of, of people's values and what drives them, you then can understand, okay, this uh, this habit that they're doing, they're doing because of, of the certain reason. It's not that they're following a recent trend or, or a recent uh, strategy or some kind of a software tool, whatever. So for me, it was very interesting to uh, to kind of dive deeper into into what motivates these people and how they do it. So, uh, so I started, I think, with uh, Patricia, uh, with my good friend. We met in Bali at Startup Weekend. We were both mentoring um, mentoring teams there. And and she's a polymath. So at that time, I was not aware of polymath as the as the term. And polymath means that you have a lot of uh, talents, and uh, in a way, you are just a uh, jack of all trades. But it's a bit different because you you operate like that. So some people cannot operate with many projects at the same time. So their uh, their kind of process is linear. So you do this, then you do after that this, you do this, and and polymaths are these like unique. 
<laughs> unique breeds uh, of people that they can they can take a lot of things at the same time and they can connect dots that you would never think uh, could be connected. So they have a lot of knowledge in, in different fields and they, they are able to come up with innovative ideas and at the same time uh, kind of apply knowledge from one or the other field to another one. So I thought this was like fascinating and I just want to understand how, how your brain works. So I, I said, uh, let's, let's do an interview on this. And then uh, I spent some time to, to leave my questions more open rather than just trying to confirm my own beliefs. And still, I think the questions are, are based on my, my own understanding of habits and routines. So, so some people, they would see the question, uh, what do you eat for breakfast and, and why? And, and then sometimes they would just send me, or sometimes I don't eat breakfast or I have coffee and fruits and that's it. And, and that, that doesn't really, uh, that doesn't really explain why they're doing it. So, uh, at the same time, some people are better at finances, relationships or health or fitness, whatever. And, and it's hard to extract all the good information from all of the fields of life. So I think, uh, in, in some ways, these interviews are, uh, are doing disservice for these people because they're they're not really focusing on health if they're financial uh, financial people or if they are creative people. So so these uh, these interviews were really interesting really interesting for me to understand that actually there are some patterns. Most of the people they have uh, they have routines and they have routines that start early in the morning and they start early in the morning not with just opening emails or like you know serving others but they spend time for themselves. So uh, they meditate, they uh, wake up early to avoid interruptions, to avoid disruptions, uh, to avoid uh, notifications. And, and some people uh, start the day also with meditation or uh, gra gratitude. Uh, some people st uh, go straight into work, so not really like uh, professional work or the work you should, do, should be doing for a company or freelancing, whatever. But they would focus on something that gives them joy. So whether it's writing a book or writing a personal journal or writing a blog post or even recording a podcast. So, so these people start their day with something that means, uh, that, uh, that means something to them. And uh, also there is a trend of uh, exercise and, uh, and eating good breakfast in the morning. Uh, some of the high performers, they mention uh, high-protein breakfast. So eggs and uh, and uh, and some some veggies. Uh, other people eat like oatmeal and yogurt. Some people just skip a breakfast at all. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of coffee as well. I don't know if it's a trend. <laughs> I think it's just people just like coffee. But uh, but yeah, there's coffee. And then uh, throughout the throughout the day or throughout their their life, they have. Uh, I would say very, very specific or very different uh, kind of like mindsets or or mental models and uh, how they're modeling. So I was I was talking with uh, Nat Eliasson, and and this guy is, is really cool. I'm I'm like uh, I'm always uh, surprised by his ideas in his blog posts. And he was talking that you know at the beginning he was uh, basing his life on different mental models and uh, and trying to focus on relationships or building a balance so you would have a very good job, good relationships, good health, meaning in life. But then he was, uh, he was saying that, you know, most of the things that you are reading uh, are by people who are also not understanding life fully. So they're trying to base their beliefs or their lives or their, uh, their kind of careers on other models. And uh, he, was just, uh, he was just trying to 
to take himself away from from all these uh, mental models and design him his own like lifestyle. But uh, other people, they are uh, they are very much focused on relationships. So whether it's uh, with uh, keeping uh, keeping in touch with their community, keeping in touch with their family, keeping in touch with their with their friends, and 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 really f- uh, emphasizing the the importance of belonging. So I think that that is really important thing. And I I miss it sometimes when I travel for too long and I, I, I and I stay in in remote places and I don't connect that well with with local community i i i kind of feel that i'm missing that community uh part from my life but then uh uh you know it's just it's just a part <laughs> part of my life right now but it's fine so other people they also have uh, very practical uh very practical advice that they give so for example there was this uh this guy uh matis ansvesulis from uh, from latvia and he's a CEO of a financial company, and he always makes a decision right away. He he never says that okay, this is uh, this is the this or like a challenge or or something goes wrong or whatever. Someone comes to him and they say this is what we need to do. He's he's never gonna say let's do it tomorrow. Let's make a meeting on Wednesday. He's gonna spend a lot of energy for that problem right away instead of just you know letting it be and then kind of cluttering your mind. So so I think that was a very, very powerful, uh, powerful uh, productivity hack because uh, you want it or not, you need to really confront all, all of your problems. And I think if you if you do it just right now and you spend uh, uh, most of your energy on that, it doesn't really add up in the future where you have to tackle more problems than it used to be. So I think that was uh, really impo- interesting and uh and yeah, I think uh, just go check out some of the interviews. They're uh, pretty long. Some people complain that they're too long, but I think once people get into into really the the roots of uh, why they doing and how they doing it, I think uh, you can really learn and get inspired by by these uh, these habits and routines of these creative and uh, high performing people. Absolutely. So since you moved into specifically productivity and lifestyle, you know, niche, the audience for us is is the entire universe because everyone has a lifestyle that you can always improve. However, this means that this niche is overpopulated. How do you deal with such abundance of other advice? How do you make your advice stand out? It's it's true, like... When I was in in a design field, I thought like, wow, design and like web design, web development field is so saturated. There's so many people <laughs> doing cool stuff, and like, if I'm trying to say something, it's just not going to be good enough. Like, it's good enough if you are, let's say, just in Lithuania, but when you go on the global scale, there's so many talented people, and at the same time, I'm so inspired by them. But like, I cannot really introduce anything new, so I need to try different things and and just you know be my bad, just, you know, kind of uh, present my, my own best uh, work and that's it. But when I switch here, it's, it's the same. I think it's even worse. Like you're saying, like <laughs> it's the entire universe, but uh, I have a very clear target audience in my head. And I think it's very hard for me to connect with the older generation because I'm just like this kiddo from Lithuania. So no one takes me seriously, but uh, I, I have a past audience, uh, from Despreneur and other design blogs that I was uh, I was writing for or or creating with, 
And, and these people are still following me. So a lot of them are creatives, they are developers, they are startup founders or marketers. So I'm more focused on these guys. I don't explicitly say that this blog or lifestyle design is just for marketers or graphic designers, web designers. But these are the people that are interacting with me and, and subscribing to my newsletter and uh, responding to me on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever. And uh, I think... It's a good niche because these people understand the meaning of productivity. When you're creative, you're not always creative. I mean, not always productive. And you have deadlines, you have uh, you have different uh, projects you are probably working on on the side, or maybe you're freelancing and you don't have that much discipline. And uh, for some reason, these people just find me somehow, <laughs> you know, like different publications, uh, social media. I just started playing with uh, with uh, ads on Facebook. So, so this, this audience, they find me and I try to relate to them. But at the same time, I, I kind of say that, okay, this blog is for aspiring bloggers and aspiring entrepreneurs. So at the same time, um, I'm saying, okay, if you think you are an aspiring entrepreneur and not many people think they are aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, for some people, the, the message resonates for, for some don't, but uh, right now, I'm, I'm not trying to reach everyone. I'm just trying to target uh, the, the audience that I know. So it's like uh, other designers, marketers, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and, and people that I worked with or, or I did something similar that they did. And I have some, uh, some, some knowledge, some useful stuff that I could share and that could improve their lives. And uh, at the same time, I'm trying to... To really, some of the posts they are just like documenting what I learned and uh, trying to present everything in more useful way than just saying, "Oh, this is the book that I read and that's it." I would try to give my insights, try to connect with something, and uh, and provide all the notes instead of just keeping everything to myself. And and some people find uh, find it useful, but uh, once again, like with lifestyle design, it's really hard to. Uh, to be focused on one thing because lifestyle design is like, okay, I like fitness, I like health, I like longevity, I like uh, personal investments, I like blogging, I like traveling. And, and when people ask what I really do, they say like, you just do everything. And uh, in a way, it's a bad thing, but uh, uh, but I like it and I explore different topics right now. So I don't really have a very, very strict uh, editorial calendar or, or topics I can or cannot write. And uh, I think this adds uh, more... Uh, more, how to say, I think it makes my blog more vibrant. So instead of just being this marketer, startup marketer or uh, productivity guy talking about productivity for tech companies, I'm just uh, just an average guy, you know, doing uh, doing blogging and, and building online businesses. But at the same time, I'm traveling and exploring myself uh, spending time on self-education and, and so on and so on. So I think this adds uh, more uh, uniqueness to my blog. And most of the people, they find me through lifestyle reports or they find me through, uh, through a, a piece on, on habits and routines. And then they say, oh, you actually write about business as well or blogging. And I think then uh, it's more interesting to follow someone who is, uh, who is more human than just, oh, he's just a blogger. He writes about blogging. Yeah, that's a great that's a great approach. When uh, so going back to creative habits and routines, um, I I'm absolutely sold on the fact that they are necessary for any creative professional. How do you decide which habits are worth pursuing 
because there are so many methods and routines out there. And how do you, you know, get through the adoption curve? How do you get used to doing them? Yeah. So in my book, I talk, the, the main topic in my book is, uh, it's, it's kind of hidden. It's not really like uh, obvious straight away because it's uh, self-awareness. And the book is more about like habits of success, how other people are doing it and uh, showing the stories that it's possible. And it doesn't matter your, your language, your, your, uh, your family or uh, your skills. And, and I'm talking about just, you know, engineering your, your dream lifestyle. But the main topic is really understanding yourself and why you want to do it. So many, many times I was sold to different lifestyles of other people because I thought this is so cool. I just saw the surface level. And I think when starting also like designing your own habits, your own routines, it's very, very important to understand why you're doing it. Who are you? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And what do you want to achieve? So many people, they reach out to me and they're like, I want to travel the world. I want to be a blogger. Uh, I, I want to study design just like you did and so on and so on. And then I cannot really give them any, any advice because I don't know what are their strengths. Are they driven by uh, external or internal uh, grat- not gratitude, gratification? So do they want to be on the, on the cover of magazines? Do they want to make a lot of money or do they want to make something that impacts other people's lives? So for me, it was very important to, to kind of discover myself. And I would, uh, I would many, many times lose myself in all of these dreams. I'm like, I, I visited one company in Tokyo and there was a huge, huge uh, building with, uh, with uh, over 100 designers. And I met with the CEO. Uh, he was just showing around his office, talking about all of the cool projects they work with. And, and I thought, this is so cool. And at that, t- at that time, I was running Despreneur. And at the end, uh, I asked him, uh, so, so how does your day look like? Like, uh, do you have children? How much free time you have? And he said, I have zero free time. Sometimes I see my, my children. I have very little sleep. I'm stressed most of the time. And I'm like, wow, I, I almost got sold for someone else lifestyle because I thought managing 100 people working with worldwide brands, it's so cool. But then I came back to myself and I said, this is not my type. I, I like managing less than five people. If it's more than five people, it's like a job. I need to, I need to manage these people. I'm responsible for these people. I, I need to, to really keep everyone updated. And, uh, and I feel that it takes a lot of time and, and causes a lot of stress. This is not the way I like it. I like to just uh, work with people, with a very small group of people where we can focus on very deep topics, where we can focus on, uh, on really productive stuff and create something, get it out. And instead of just, you know, managing everything. So, so I thought, wow, I almost got sold for, for, for this lifestyle. So I think many people, they also, they're not very self-aware of why they're doing and what they're doing. So first question is like, okay, you want to make, you want to become a designer or you want to write a book. It's going to be a huge, huge learning curve and probably sooner than you think you're going to hit a big challenge that is going to demotivate you a lot. And if you don't have this internal motivation to keep going and enjoy the process, I think you're just going to give up and start looking for something new. So this happens in, in, in everything, in relationships, in business, in, 
in creative work. So you start, oh, I'm just going to start a blog. And then you realize it's a lot of work. People don't read. You need to spend a lot of time in marketing. You need to spend a lot of time in, uh, in improving your content and actually researching what is, uh, what is good and what is not, how to provide value for, uh, for, your, for your audience. And relationships are the same. After the first you know, couple of dates, you think, oh, this, this person is kind of cool, but I, I kind of know everything right now. It's, it's nothing new. And uh, to reach the next level, you really need to, uh, to keep pushing. And, uh, and, and instead of, you know, keep pushing, people choose, I'm just going to find something new. And uh, yeah, probably this is not right for me. So I think it's very important to understand what really drives you. And uh, for me, it's, it's really good at the beginning, just without any expect- expectations, you know, try many things and, and see what sticks and what doesn't. And uh, see if you are more concerned about the result or like about the score or you just like the, the process. So for example, when I started running, I, I really don't like running. It's, it's so challenging. <laughs> I'm all exhausted and I have all, 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 of, these, all of these thoughts and, and, and voice in my head just saying, just stop, your heart is stopping, you're going to die, your legs are, are, are tired, this is not good for your health and so on. So I run just because I like the process of actually facing my inner voice telling me to give up and once I just keep keep going and, and keep pushing through that I feel that I never regret my runs I, I like never ever regret that I just see that my limits are much higher than I thought and I still keep going I, I still keep keep running so I think uh, I don't do it because I want to run a marathon or I want to be the fastest runner in the world or whatever but it really helps me to develop this uh, this kind of perseverance muscle so instead of uh, just listening to to whatever the 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 mind says to me to give up uh, soon and and listening to all of these excuses, I keep pushing. So I think for for many people, it's also important to see uh, what your inner voice says when uh, when you're doing this easy job, when you're doing this challenging job. Are you doing this because of uh, external approval? So I do you want to collect as many labels as you want? Uh, do you want to be celebrated by your, your peers, your family, your friends? Or do you do it because you like it, and uh, and if if you know no one saw it or just one person saw it and it made you happy, I think this is the right way to do it because then you have, uh, then you have infinite amounts of energy to keep going through all of these challenges, through downtimes and uh, and the times when you don't really feel like it's it's going forward. So I think this is very important. Uh, but again, like every person is very different. So, so try different things. But uh, generally, it's very good to default to your health. So just default, start with your health. If you are a healthy person, if you have enough sleep, if you, uh, if you eat good food, don't, uh, don't uh, indulge in alcohol or too much sugar or other bad things that, that people eat. I think then then your body is more capable of of doing a lot more things than than you would just be uh, a bag of uh, of bones and flesh. So I think it's it's very good to just default to your health and start with your health. And many people say, "Oh, this is so selfish," but uh, I don't think so. It's selfish because if you are sick and if you are ill, if you are all weak and cannot take care even of yourself, how are you going to provide for your family? How are you going to uh, take care of of your of your of your even your life, and uh, I think it's it's good to default on on your health. Take care of yourself, and then once you are strong enough, you maintain yourself. Then you have more energy to tackle different uh, creative challenges, business relationships, or whatever it is. So so yeah, I think that's it. 
I'm totally on board with what you're saying. I think, um, well, defaulting to health is definitely, definitely very important. But understanding your motivation and your personal strengths and what you enjoy doing and what you're not is super important because we all think that we want to be famous and rich and enjoy our work at the same time. And <laughs> of course, it's great. It kind of comes together, but you still have to prioritize between those in every decision that you make. And also, you can totally build your lifestyle around what you value the most. For example, I've grown to realize that I, li I enjoy my freedom the most. I don't mind doing hard work, but I really value flexibility above everything. So that kind of shapes my lifestyle. What is the shaping value for your lifestyle, Thomas? I, I, I can highly relate to freedom, I think. For me... <laughs> Sometimes I would just I would just decline a high paid client because I don't feel like you know we're we're gonna get uh, get along or I don't feel like I don't really trust or believe in their cause and then I would just decline it and have free time for myself. So whether it's discover myself, work on projects that I care about, and and it's not only about you know like oh, I'm just gonna work with this project because they are known or I'm gonna work with them because they pay a lot. Uh, but as you say, it's more about the freedom. And I think people think that busy, you know, is is, is cool. But I don't think it's cool. It, it, it creates so much stress and, and you don't really have time to step back and see if you're actually going to the right direction. So many people get obsessed with the, with their startup journey or uh, or becoming a freelancer or whatever, where they actually enjoy just being in a company, you know, getting orders and, and having a very clear uh, start and end date. And after that, they are mentally disconnected and they can enjoy their lifestyle. So, so not everyone can be, you know, CEO, startup founder, not everyone can be a leader. So I think it's, it's very important to, to understand your strengths and weaknesses. And I think one of the most powerful tests is uh, Meyer Briggs test. Uh, you can go to 16personalities.com, I think, uh, no, no affiliation at all. <laughs> I think it's very good because when I did it, uh, four or five years ago, I was more introverted. And I did it just two years ago. And this year, I'm more extroverted, even though it's like a couple of percent, but like if you dominant enjoyed side listening to this is episode, extrovert. Please so leave a review on very interesting because I it think other uh, people change. Discover these we podcasts. are highly influenced by, by what, what I said, like our routines and our habits and our uh, our kind of food that we consume, people we surround with. Uh, but also like what we read, what we hear, what we see, different places that we live in. I think it highly affects you, and 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 your also like your mission, your passion, your your purpose. It can change many many times throughout the life. So I think at one period of my life, I was more introverted. I was more introverted because I didn't really care about connecting with other with others because I didn't feel like I have anything to say. So I was just you know, sitting in my room, honing my design skills, trying to understand <laughs> blogging, trying to understand marketing. And then the, the, the period has ended. I acquired everything in that period. And then it was time to step up and kind of like uh, break out of the eggshell, you know, get out uh, of my comfort zone and start introducing myself. And that took a lot of a lot of time for me to, to get confident around all of these strangers. And, you know, then you suddenly figure out that these people are cool people and they don't really like like meeting other strangers too. Everyone, you know, can connect to each other. 
So, so at that, at that period, I think it was the breakthrough where from introverted, I went to extroverted and then I did the test and, uh, I saw that, yeah, there is, there is a lot of stuff that motivates me is, is more like visionary stuff. It's about thinking about the big picture, but I get really bored when I have to do, let's say coding or designing for three or four or four days, because this is just a part of the whole vision and it's repetitive and it's, it, it doesn't really challenge my, my, myself that much, so I lose interest very quickly. So I, I prefer to come up with a big strategy, find people who fit that executor role, and then give them the, the, the job because they are the best at executing this particular job. And I think it's, it's very important to understand yourself and then the same, uh, at the same time understanding people that you work with. So I think this, 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 this test is a, is a good, uh, uh, good uh, place to, to start understanding yourself. But as you said, uh, my, my values also are on freedom. But at the same time, I really feel huge responsibility for where I am because uh, people just like you, Jane, you're creating podcasts, you're creating so much content, you're providing so much value and, and all of this for free. You know, you can obviously get a consultation, get a product, but most of the information you provide is free. And I learned from all of this free information just from uh, from people just like yourself and I feel really responsible for for all of these tutorial writers for book writers for course creators I feel I need to perform and impact other people because they did their part and now I learned everything I I, I reached a lifestyle that I really enjoy and I think this is the time when I when I need to to give back so I think freedom combined with uh, with responsibility for me, these are the two important things. So instead of just taking another commercial client and just, you know, making more money for, for this business, that it's not going to affect, uh, affect people that, that need uh, that economy growth or environmental growth or whatever, I would choose something that would have impact on people who need that, uh, that uh, economy growth or environmental health growth or whatever that is. So, so I think these two things are the, the North Stars. Well, there should be one North Star, but these are combined. <laughs> twin, twin North Stars. Yeah, in our UI practicum series, we practice, I forgot, totally forgot the name of the exercise, but you can define up to five leading values that define all kind of shapes of your brand. So you can have as many as you prefer, assumed as you clearly, clearly prioritize them. So as we are wrapping up today's episode, unfortunately, we're running out of time. Can you tell our listeners where they can find your awesome work and uh, writing online? Yeah, so it's, it's very easy. Just go to thomaslow.com. So Thomas without H. It's not T-H, just T-O-M-S-L-A-U.com. And uh, it's pretty much the same handle everywhere on social media. It's sometimes I use my full name, but uh, my blog is like my main hub where I share everything. And you can subscribe to the newsletter. Every single week I send a newsletter called Live Design. So it's like a curated list of what I'm reading right now, books I recommend, videos that I watch like TED Talks or, or some sometimes even funny YouTube videos. And uh, it's not that boring. It's not just, you know, like, oh, you need to do this and be productive and so on and so on. So I think uh, many people find a lot of value there and uh, I think you would enjoy it. So just uh, head over to my website, thomaslow.com, and you can find everything there. Thank you so much, Thomas, for joining us today and for sharing your insight. I'm really surprised how this episode turned out. We're not discussing specific habits, but rather strategy. But this is amazing. Thank you so much. Have a great day. 
This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks cloud accounting software. They're offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to our listeners. Just go to freshbooks.com slash UI breakfast and enter UI breakfast in the how did you hear about us section. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. It will help other people discover this podcast.